back. Hello, world. Long time no listen, long time no hear, whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, you are once again listening to KG and the Fifth Ward Wildcat. Of course, this is I am KG, yours truly, and that growl you heard was from the Fifth Ward Wildcat. Let's get right into it, sir. Sunday afternoon, we saw some crap at Alphonse Ravine, second half. Your take. Two things. One, same team came on the road, Conference USA, second place team, to Houston, and got a win. Not a split, got a win. Two different styles, two different adjustments. Where th- in the game against Rice, it was a guard adjustment. Today, against U of H, which was U of H's strength. We again, thought. So well, we thought so. Correct. Post play just got beat down for the wrong reason. No adjustment. And that's the key right there, as you said, Wildcat. Uh, UTEP's 6'2 post player, Anita Steinberger, scored 20 points. I believe 14 of those came in the second half off basically the same post move. She caught it on the right block, spun off that left shoulder, make the end, and did some scoring. She was uh, 7 for 10, if I remember right, in the second half. Correct. The minors were brutal. The first half between the Cougars and the Miners today was this awful basketball. Teams combined for 25 turnovers. They shot, oh, combined 14 for 53 from the field. Cougars led 22-21 at halftime. And then the Miners made an adjustment. Went to Steinberger in the second half. She went to work. Had 20-12 and 12 for the ball game. Cougars had no answer. After the game, the UVH coach, Todd Buchanan, lamented the fact that he didn't make any adjustments. He didn't go to, to his own to break up Steinberger's rhythm, Miners' rhythm of uh, the post. You can hear that video, his response post-game on uh, my YouTube channel, Houston Round Ball, at YouTube. Wildcat would have it up on his uh, YouTube channel as well. Your YouTube channel is, sir? It is AKSV, DCSR. And... Uh, Porsche Landry and Tiana Campbell, Cougar players, also commented, spoke to the media after the game. Uh, their video comments also available on Houston Round Ball on YouTube. The Cougs with the loss are now 3-2 and two in Conference USA, 9-9 overall. The Miners are 16-2 and two overall and 4-1 and one in Conference USA. They trail SMU, who's 5-0 and oh in the conference, and that's where the Cougs' next game is. going to be at Dallas on Thursday against SMU. My, um, Mustangs are playing great basketball right now. The Cougars don't have the work cut off for, the, for them on Thursday. But you and I both know that regardless of who wins the Conference USA regular season championship, it's going to come down to the conference tournament to decide who goes to the, the big day. Correct. That's what's been the, uh, the uh, uh, style, been the trend for the last couple of years. team that makes it to the, the uh, last two, final two games, pretty much guaranteed postseason play. Everybody else sits around waiting. I mean, that's the, the conference is what it is right now. Um, and it's fixing to go through some changes. Don't know what's coming in, especially since I've had an opportunity to see ODU this year. Uh, three games uh, in the uh, Vegas um, Basketball Travelers Classic. Um, interesting style. But from what I, what I saw and then what I've been told, um, you know, it's there in transition. It's not the ODU that we remember from years back that was... Uh, pretty much a, a sound basketball program. But today was, a, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know what it was. I know it was a, a, a difference of two halves because in the first half, 
you had uh, UTEP had 10 points in the paint, and Steinberg only had four points. The adjustment at halftime, I don't know whether the coach a challenge. Uh, everybody said it was okay with what, the way the things were going. But when you look at the, the, at the uh, numbers, that should have been a change, especially midway, uh, second half, around about uh, the second time, uh, media time, uh, should have been a change because in between now, that's when it all, momentum just shifted. And the sad part was, at that point, U.S. was applied enough pressure to have an 8-2 turnover ratio against UTEP, but for whatever reason, U.S. was not able to get a the score, whether free throw line, uh, in transition, jumpers or whatever, they were getting out rebounded, and it was it wasn't so much that UTEP wanted it more; they were just in position more, and that's what it boiled down to. And, and you touched on that, the minors were rebounded the Cougs 50-31 overall. And one of the things Tiana Campbell said after the game was the minors sent more people to the board than they did. Well, that sounds like somebody should have made an adjustment there as well. Um, the minors were sending three and four folks crashing the board. Why didn't the Cougars do the same? But talk about telling two halves. You and I were not in Hattiesburg, Mississippi to witness this, but we seen the box score and apparently the Rice Owls led Southern Miss this afternoon 41-23 at halftime, if I'm correct. Yes, 41-23 at halftime. Right. You think the game's wrapped up for the Rice Owls? Southern Miss outscored the Owls 53-16 to to beat the Owls by 19 points today. And the Owls are now 1 and Four, one and five, one, one and five, five in common to say. What are your thoughts on that? It's initially Marquette. I mean, we know the, we expected Rice to have a point guard. I asked good. that question the other night after that game to not have a mental carryover because of the way that game finished down against UTEP with less with ten seconds or so to go. Uh, turnover, defensive miss, defensive assignment, and they lose the game by one. Now you go to on the road, Southern Miss, and you just totally don't come out the second half. And for whatever reason, I'm sorry for the pause, but for whatever reason, no, no, no. They, nobody knows, and, and only the, the players can understand, can, can answer that question. And that'll be a question that they'll have to answer once they get back, because I will ask next time I see uh, as a uh, presser. They committed. No, what's different? 22 turnovers in the game, shot 5 or 21 from the field in the second half. But uh, as we've said, the point guard position is probably the weakest position out of the five. Um, Javon Smart graduated last year as the Owls all-time leader in assists, and they really haven't filled that void. Uh, Jessica Goswitch is not a true point guard. She does the best she can, but she's not a true point guard. And the other point guards are freshmen, young, and experienced, or maybe just not as good as the coaches believe when they signed them. But the point guard position has been a problem all year. And I'm going to piggyback on the point guard being a problem all year and transition over to the men's basketball for the U.S. Cougars. We've had point guard problems for two years now. But the Cougs picked up a win Saturday afternoon in ugly fashion, but it's a win. 66-61 over UAB, just not the four-game losing streak. But I don't want to name names. I don't want to, because they're college players and college athletes. They're young men. They're student athletes, what have you. But point guard has been a problem this year. It's a problem last year. The coaches staff didn't address it. That's
that's just the bottom line. They've not addressed the point guard position, and that's on them. I mean, the Cougs' record is decent overall. Their non-conference schedule was weak, weak, weak. But there's 13 and 6 overall, 2 and 4 in, in conference USA. They play Rice at Rice on uh, Wednesday this uh, coming up this week. That should be a win. We expect that because Isles have nothing. Blackguards, they have nothing, but they do have a good coach. And and, and I go back to, to the days you and I watched uh, Coach McKinney with the wins program. Sometimes games can be won and lost on the sideline in the coach's box. And I, I'm looking forward to this game because that's what I'm looking to see. Because athletes, basketball, athletic basketball players are at your age. Basketball players that are learning and with inexperience and no depth is at Rice. And with the only true senior that is getting his basketball situation done is Tamir Jackson senior guard uh, for Rice uh, I don't see that at the at U of H it's almost like nobody wants to be in that position especially late in the game and Tamir on the other side Tamir wants that situation he, he prides himself in being at the end of the game and with the ball in his hand he looks forward to it now he doesn't have anything around him because it's all an experience and we know what that situation is we, we watched it in the off season but they will get a win. They will not be shut out this year in this conference. Contrary to what some of the folks that I've seen yes. and have seen them play, it, it won't happen because of coaching and pride. I mean, that little mantra that they get, uh, that they mention at the end of the game, you know, right, fight, fight, right. never die, it can happen. It wouldn't shock me if, if Rice wins Wednesday over the Cougars as an alum of you. I'd be disappointed. And it would probably be the nail in the coffin of James Dickey being fired. But it would not shock me. Let's just fly through these other local area basketball teams. HP women are four and sixteen overall, zero and two in Great West. Men are six and fourteen overall, zero and three. They came off a win over Ecclesia College, ninety-four to forty. Ecclesia. Oh, excuse me. Thank you. Thank you. That's why you're here. Thank you very much, Wildcat. Appreciate that. No problem. We're all HSD here. That's correct. They both women play. The next game for each team is Saturday. February 2nd versus Utah State at home at 6 and play NJIT at 2 inside Sharp Gym. The final which is SWAC. I'm going to save the best for last, which means you got I, have, I have two coming up. The next school I mentioned is, is not the best. So, Prairie View A&M. Ladies are 7-11, or 4-4 four four in the SWAC. The men are 7-12, 2-5 in the SWAC, which is a very disappointing record because they were picked this season to win the SWAC. Right. Um, they're both coming off victories Saturday afternoon. Uh, ladies beat Alabama State by 10. The men beat Alabama State by 2, 74-72. But now, like I said, save with the best for last. Texas Southern men's and women's programs TSU coaching two coaches coaching Coaching. Mike Davis on the men's side they're 7-14 overall but they are 6-2 in the SWAC TSU Lady Tigers are 10-9 overall 7-1 in SWAC riding a 7 game winning streak Lady Tigers defeated Alabama A&M 54-50 Saturday the men blasted Alabama A&M 89-56 and they set up on ESPN U tomorrow 6 p.m. 
JSU Tigers versus Alabama State. 6 p.m. The ladies are playing at 3 p.m. God help me why they did that because I cannot make that game at all because I'll be at work. When, when, you, when conference signs these contracts, you accept it. And, you know, and, and seeing as we have two good coaches that understand that, that understands that process, they'll be ready to play tomorrow. Oh, they'll, they'll, be ready, they'll be ready to play. About that. Folks, you need to get out and see the TSU Tigers, both their men's and women's programs this, this season because they are good. They're getting coached up and they're winning. And it'll be interesting what transpires when the tournament gets to Garland. Garland, and right now, and I mean, Mike Davis is winning with guards, two, three guard rotation, and they're playing great. They're shooting lights out. They're very perimeter oriented, but they're successful in the swag. And as you mentioned, great point. The players are being coached up. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I'm not taking anything away from the players, but Mike Davis can coach. So, uh, Tigers are six and two. Alabama State is four and four. It's a home game. Tigers should win the game. Come out to ATP and and uh, support the Tigers in both means the women's team. If you can make it, students especially three o'clock, get out of class early and go watch the Tigers play Alabama State at three p.m. I think students part of your tuition you get in free, right? I assume over I the think so. over there. So. Uh, and and I let them say the lady side is four and four. So the Lady Tigers seven and one. I let them say it's four and four. It's a home game. I think both TSU teams should win. Good luck to both of them. Well, as we talk about, uh, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen Alabama A and M play. Uh, they were also at the Vegas. Uh, uh, well, you saw A and M play. They're playing. TSU's playing state tomorrow. Uh, well, but as we're as we're talking about two good coaching hires, who hired those people, Jerry? Same person that hired. Uh, Coach Frazier at Prairie View A&M, the same person that hired Cynthia Cooper Day at Prairie View A&M, Charles Doctor, I'm sorry, Doctor Charles McClellan. And the reason why I'm asking that to you, sir, you know why I wanted to bring it up. Um, Go ahead, sir. There are some rumblings on UH with uh, the job current AD Mac Rose is doing or has done or has not done or whatever. There have been some. I would say that I've, I've, heard, I've heard those rumblings about his hires of uh, James Dickey on the basketball side, men's side, but Tony Levine on the football side. Yeah, that's why I've heard the rumblings. That's uh, why I've heard the rumblings. And Todd Buchanan on the women's basketball side and Todd Whitting, Whitting on the baseball side. So uh, folks are not happy with his hires and uh, one of my fellow alums says uh, this could, next few months could be a, a difficult time for Mr. Rhodes. So we'll see if he is able to keep his job. Uh, I know President Couture was at the game, men's basketball game on Wednesday when Tulsa steamrolled uh, the Cougars by uh, 15 points. The 87-72 in the game wasn't even that close. It was a thorough butt whooping. And... Uh, Coach Couture left the game not happy. She was not a happy woman. And uh, we'll see how things go from here on out. Mac Rose is here to, to get the football, new football stadium built, or the, at least the money raised to have the stadium built. I think he's done that. But his hires of coaches and the success of those coaches leaves a lot to be desired. So the fact that I throw at Charles McClellan's name, 
who knows? I'm not, I have no idea if he's even on the radar for U of H. But I know Dr. McClellan for years. You know, work with him for years. So that's just my suggestion for U of H if anyone cares to listen. Once again, you listen to KG and the Crystal Wildcat podcast. It's been a, a long time since Wildcat and myself got together doing a podcast. Um, Hopefully, we're just doing it. We're winging it as we always do. Two educated media people who have been already approved for credentials for the NCAA Women's Final Four in New Orleans, which is in April. It's January. Yes, we already got approved. That's right. That's how we do things. Uh, we're also being approved first rounds on the fellow side. Wildcat, you going to the regional right? Uh, yes, in Arlington. Yes, at, uh, in Arlington. And I've been approved already for Big 12 women's basketball as well. Wildcat, I'm, he's just a matter of time for him to receive approval. So uh, we cover basketball. Wildcat covers sports because he is a college sport reporter. Tell folks how they can find you, sir. All right. And you can find me on my blog at the College Sports Report. Sports uh Blogs, blog spot, blog spot dot com, AKSV, the College Sports Report. And uh, my blog is blogs, uh, men, one devoted strictly to men's hoops and women's hoops. has been upgraded, the format layout is different, looks good. Um, like print, it looks very good. Women's hoops, thank you, sir. It's women's hoops dot the HR dot com and, and men's hoops dot the HR dot com, men's hoops blog, excuse me. You go to the website of HoustonRoundBarView.com and see the links to the blog. Either blog as well. The videos on there. Both of us are on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is the H R Review. Once again, that's the H R Review. T H E H R Review. And yours is sir. A K S V D C S R. We haven't talked about this in such a long time, and it, it's a fluid situation. It changes almost daily. Comment you would say membership. Last week they announced two new members, Middle Tennessee State, moving here, Lord Atlantic, moving it here early. That's right. We'll be joining the conference this summer, right? July first, right? Okay. So beginning with 2013 season, this will be the uh, membership of Common to USA, uh, North Carolina, Charlotte, Florida International, La Tech, North Texas, as Walker mentioned earlier, Old Dominion, University of Texas San Antonio, as then we'll compete with current members, East Carolina, Marshall, Rice, Southern Miss, Tulane, Tulsa, University of Alabama, Birmingham, and UTEP. Now, that schedule, well, that makeup will change again two years from now. Correct. When, uh, once the, everybody that, that's making a move out and everybody that's making a move in, the addition, I think, is uh, with uh, Florida National and Florida Night. Well, they'll be, they'll be, who's leaving out of that group that I named? It's, it's somebody will be gone. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm not sure. Um, He's in East Carolina, somebody? Yes. Or Tulane's leaving. Yes. To join the, whatever's up to the Big East. East yes. And it'll uh, change again. And, and that will move, that will move La Tech into the West, along with Southern Miss. I mean, not the Southern Miss, the, um, uh, what's the other school? Somebody else is down south. San, uh, San Antonio? UTSA, mm. uh, UTEP, Tulsa, UAB, La Tech, Charlotte, North Texas. What school? No, we have be somebody that's in the east right now that we're going to the west once the realignment changes again. 
two years from now. Well, we, we, we say all this, but, you know, two years from now, heck, tomorrow it may change again. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why the football schedule just was finished, but uh, there's no dates or times that have been, been sent out to everyone because instead of having the normal uh, division games and then the crossovers, the crossovers will be dropped and the divisions will be, one division will be added because of the change. And it won't settle until two years from now, which hopefully by that time, all these schools on the Division One levels, FBS, rather, the bowl series uh, contention, will be settled because that's when, and that'll be the first year for the playoffs. Correct. And that'll get in, that'll make it all interesting. What's your, uh, what's been your... As a, I got scuttlebutt as far as what you've you've, you've heard. Uh, what's been, you know, as, as a cougar, to see the Big East fall apart. What's left of it, and, and I know Louisville wants to leave, Connecticut wants to leave, or the ACC they're begging to get out of the Big East because of Big East basketball. You got the Southern Catholic schools leaving for basketball reasons only. Last year, it seemed like a great idea to join the Big East for U of H. Right. Now it seems like uh, all the teams. It's going to be Conference USA 2.0 with the, the teams that are about to join the league. Um, it's disappointing how things have worked out. We'll see how it goes. You know, some alums want the Cougars to go to Mount West because Mount West is right now seems to be more stable than the Big East. And Boise State never joined the Big East officially, but went from Big East back to the Mountain West. And they were welcome with open arms. Yes, same for San Diego State. So football-wise, Mountain West is better than the Big East on paper. Um, and it's still a regional. It's still a, it's, a, it's still a big conference, but it's still. It's, but it's also a regional conference. Mm-hmm. You know, two uh, two times uh, time uh, time zones, Mountain and uh, and uh, Pacific, and then. That's it. But with you mentioned the two schools, San Diego State and Boise, especially Boise, because that sets their TV football money. And we got a sweet, got a sweetheart deal. So uh, I'm not surprised Boise State did what they did. Um, they had to do his best with them and their program. The Big East, whatever what's left of the Big East, we'll see how it survives. The machinations of it, the football schedule's been announced, or the, well, the matchup's been announced. U of H is part of it, SMU is part of it for now. I, I joked around with some of my friends, coaching buddies, and we'll just see how things go. I, and I, I said weeks ago that five years from now, U of H will end up being a pack 16. Uh, so we'll see how we'll see you're how really reaching now. You really reaching? I may be, but consider last summer you and I had a conversation with someone who at the time told us that the Pac-12 was considering U of H. So don't forget that that discussion. Uh, I won't, but I left that. I left that. A lot, a lot will have to happen. The yeah. Cougars have to upgrade the fan support, continue, continue to upgrade athletic facilities, etc., to join the Pac-16. Uh, it would be great just for some stability hey I know it's ready to be in the Big 12 I ain't gonna lie you know I wouldn't want to be around Texas but hey whatever you know, it's on, it's on the Big 12 discussing have you seen this about mulling alliances with the ACC I saw that today? I didn't get a chance to, to, to check on that because I got busy with, uh, with work but I don't, 
it, to me, me honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Uh, basically, because you're looking at it as far as you know, something like the alliances as far as teams playing each other. You know, you know, Big Twelve and ACC games. You know, football, especially on the basketball side, because you could fill in without having to schedule outside and keep your, AP, uh, your RPI out. And also, you're looking at, you know, a little bit more of the extra TV money. Oh, that's what it's all about. Of course, it's always about money. Um, Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner, was quoted yesterday. He's saying, we've had conversation with three other leagues. Uh, Bowlesby told them, the Austin American Statesman, the ACC is one of them. It's a process of discovery that would provide some of the benefits of larger membership without actually adding members. Bowlesby declined to name the other two leagues, but the Pac-12 is presumed to be one of them because that 12-team league faces significant geographical obstacles to expansion. Um, it's all about money. We'll see how everything plays out. Let's talk about the Rockets. If you care to discuss the James Harden, uh, Omer Ashik led Rockets, not the Jeremy Rockets, because Jeremy I think the Rockets are realizing that uh, he's not as good as they thought. But once again, the Rockets cut him for a reason. And now, when he blew up in, with the Knicks, they brought him back for the Asian media market. That's why they brought him back. Let's just tell the tell truth. It wasn't because of his basketball skills. But the Rockets are 24 and 22 overall after last night's 119-106 butt whipping of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Nets really didn't come to play. Uh, Peter Carlismo coaching what he did coaching decisions in the game left a lot to be desired they just jacked up threes the Rockets did and the shoot threes the Nets obliged the Nets attempted 80 field goals Wildcat yesterday 36 of them were threes so it's half your field goals and an NBA team almost took half their field goal attempts for threes now, now granted they made 16 of them but still missed 20 of them they had a height advantage they put the big lineup they didn't use it enough the Rockets said fine so James Harden went to work Omar is going 29 points Romeo Osic had 20 and 16 Jenna Parsons had 16 points 11 assists Rockets on a two game winning streak and after losing uh, seven in a row they won three of the last four they got a tough uh, road trip beginning Monday they they go to Utah followed up with a game at Denver so we'll see Rockets key to Rockets are defense which they aren't really great at playing turnovers reduce the turnovers and pace if they can score if teams allow them run them down the floor and try to score the Rockets unless you're an elite team like OKC Spurs who have the personnel to be better at them fast pace the Rockets bring somebody off the bench now that the, the Keep the flow going. Well, yeah, we're, we're the starters and all. Just, you know, in this league, just, we've, we've seen a lot of teams. Um, they got five, but when they started making substitutions, there's, there's not an immediate drop off. But over the long run, we've watched a lot of teams. You know, third quarter, just fall off the map. Oh, yeah, uh, the, the Rockets lost last week. And they turned the ball over like eight times in the third quarter alone when they just fell apart. They go through stretches when they just seem to not even know who each other is on the floor. Uh, James Harden, last night, James Harden had zero turnovers. Earlier this week, he had seven, I think, in the first half. So 
at game Wednesday against the Nuggets. The Nuggets just raced past the Rockets at one one. Rockets only lost by ten, but they were down by more than that. Game was over in the third quarter. The Rockets. Jeremy Lin had six turnovers last night. He he is a, a problem. He had 14 points. He was 5 of 14 from the floor, but he had six turnovers. The Rockets only had 11 as a team. He had six of them. This is what he is. This is what he's not a great shooter. He did make two of his four three-pointers uh, attempts last night, but he's not a great three-point shooter. He's not a great outside shooter. He's 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 a he's very good going to his right. He can't go to his left, which I'm still surprised at how many NBA teams don't force him to go to his left more. And I, I you know, I found that more so the coaches scouting because because the scouting report is out there. Then it boils down to coaching to make you know to use that to your advantage. And, and I agree. And we know we know scouts and I have to believe they see what we see or they see what is going on in the game so he's got to be in a scout report and make him go left got to be and yet continue to allow him to go to his right but the Rockets 24-22 they're in a position to uh, reach the playoffs the more the Lakers struggle the better the Rockets chances of being one of the eight seeds in the West and the Lakers just that's their old Kobe takes so many shots they struggle the defense is garbage Dwight Howard is playing immature he's banged up pieces don't fit Mike D'Antoni's system doesn't fit the players that they have on and on it goes you know just pick numerous reasons why their record is bad as it is um Touch on another NBA item. Remember, the Lakers beat the Thunder today, 105-96. That's, uh, that's a big win. How many? Uh, well, well, let me just go there. How many points did uh, Kobe score today? Kobe scored only 21. Now let's, this, this, that, that means this is hit. how that means this is how Lakers can be successful. He scored 21 points, eight or 12 field goals, hit 14 assists. He, now like I say, he got help today. He got help. So, and, and, and the question is, will those guys, will that register into the rest of that team that if they help out some sort, they can get right back into it. He has to play like this and he has to make shots. You don't get an you don't obviously, as Dream pointed out years ago, I don't get an assist if I pass the ball and they miss the shot. So if I pass the ball and you miss, I don't get an assist. Only time I get an assist is if you make, if you if you score. But that's true. So that is true. But Kobe has to pass the ball, has to be a willing passer and his teammates have to knock down the shots. And Dwight Howard was uh, two for ten from the free throw line. But then, yet the Lakers won wow. by nine points. They outscored OKC by nine in the fourth quarter. So that's, that's a good win. We'll see if it means anything going forward for them. The Lakers are nineteen and twenty-five overall now. Rockets twenty-four and twenty-two. So the Lakers are only three games behind Rockets in the loss column. But uh, we'll see how things play out. A lot of people expect the Lakers to hit that switch and turn it on and reach the playoffs, but time's running out. So we'll see how things go. Oh, no, folks are hoping that they hit well, the switch. Well, that's probably even more accurate. They are hoping. I think that's the better way to put it. What else is on your mind, sir? I know you had a, you, you are, had a rant. Uh, you want to get off your chest or anything? If you yeah. Now, and this goes to SIDs out there all over. Local media sends that uh, SID 
particular sport an email asking for uh, interview post game team is ranked number two in the conference team comes in the town you know comes in they've got a local play uh, you know a couple of local players and all on the squad so you ask you know the you make courtesy, as they say. Didn't get a uh, return email. I checked. Team wins. Kicks butt. Team runs out of the arena. SID, coach, players, head to the bus, head home. And, of course, you're talking about who, sir? UTEP Miners. I will be sending an email to the conference office. And this isn't and the first time it did this to you at Rice on Thursday at Wednesday, yes, right? So, so at Rice and at U of H. At Rice and at U of H. And you called them out. I was kind of like trying to be PC, but... Uh, and this is the Cajun Epistle Wildcat Podcast. It's what we do. Yeah, all right, then. That works for me. But I will be contacting the conference office about that situation. I mean, we're not being disrespectful. Because at the least... Give me a return email saying we won't be having time. Sure. But this team in the process also was done something that I hadn't seen in a long while. They brought chilies with them, which meant they had intentions on coming to town and all in this wayland and uh, uh, rainboat and uh, boat racing, two teams. And in the process, picking up recruits. Why are they doing so? And let's, yeah, let's, let's touch on that. The coverage I thought had changed because years ago, not that long ago, but teams would be allowed to come to Houston and play both teams, Rice and U of H, when it, when, back-to-back. When it, uh, when, oh, when they first made the change, when Rice came from the WAC over to the conference USA, that was the... the uh, uh, the, the traveling plans. You know, teams would come into town and it would be just almost like, you know, swag deal. But they, 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 they would come in and play both teams, they, you know, they swap out. They'd camp out. They'd camp out. Yeah, and I know Rice coach Greg Williams was not happy about this because it gave the opponents, they stayed in, stayed in their same beds, they got comfortable, had a chance to, you know, get into the, the environment. They, they recruitment, you know. Exactly. It, it's so, what changed to allow UTEP to be here for four or five days? Because I, I assume they didn't arrive in town on Thursday, the day they played right. No. I assume they, got, they were here Wednesday, right. Wednesday night. So they were here Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the city of Houston. Now, apparently, I don't know who that traveling partner is, but they went town Thursday, the same time Southern Miss was. So the Miss gets done with that game with U of H. They head back home. Right. And they played Rice at home today in, in Hattiesburg. Right. And in the process, UTEP comes here and stays. And when they leave today, they head it back to UTEP. Yep. Well, it, at uh, El Paso, rather. They, they took advantage of uh, the quote-unquote home cooking. Right. Picking up a win at Rice on Thursday, 49-48, and a 65-54 win today, Sunday afternoon, over the Houston Cougars. Wildcat. Can, they, can anybody, not say can, will anybody stop the Bay, Bay, Baylor Lady Bears from repeating? No. But what I think will happen is that game, that upcoming game between Baylor and UConn February 18th. will decide the number one overall, and then after that, 
there will be no question until the tournament starts. Wildcat, are you dismissing Notre Dame? Did they beat you Connecticut once? At Connecticut, are you are you dismissing the Fighting Irish and Scholar Diggins? I've actually seen them play three times in person. Knows <laughs> every season, but and you interviewed Scholar Diggins? Yes, I did. And that's on your YouTube channel and yes. your blog, right? Yes. yes. Uh, did you get a chance to talk to uh, Murphy, Coach McGraw? But with that being said. I watched that game against UConn. At that point, UConn was still trying to figure some things out, especially bench-wise. Since that game, they figured some things out. They sure did. They sure and proved. in the process, so somebody pretender. They've made us as if we just watched this past Monday. Uh, Number it, four. There's no way. Let's just say it's been a change in coaching. It's been a change in, in, in philosophy. It's been a change in staff. And in the process, for whatever reason, just like you mentioned in the, in the text that you text me, Duke is still Duke. Yep. On the women's side. Yep. And you cannot go into a game against UConn one player and everybody else sitting around waiting now mind you before that game Duke was doing okay they were, they were ranked number four in the country they hadn't played anybody like I said they were doing okay right people looked up and said oh they're winning games well no that's not necessarily true you playing the schedule that's in front of you, and you winning those games. But what, how you imagine is by the folks that are in front of you, which number three, number two, and number one. That's how you imagine. Right. Because when you and I get 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 called and get asked to do our give our uh, our votes and fill in the poll information, right, and, and awards at the end of the season, we look at the whole big picture. It may not be a pretty picture, but it's a big picture. And sometimes that picture gets ugly. You know, and you, and you fall outside the lines and, right. you know, but things happen. And, and it all, was. No, all Duke has done, they just played the schedule that's in front of them. And when they had an opportunity of all the lights in front of them, the TV, everybody watching, you went to Connecticut and got crushed. And you got destroyed. By 30 points. They were down by two and a half times and lost by 30. And, folks, this was the sad part of this. Between the second and the third media timeout is when this all happened. In the same situation when Duke, when, uh, when UConn played A&M, Big Kid came off the bench, knocked down a three. Brianna Stewart probably. And got two rebounds. They got a, got a stop, came down, got fouled, went to the free throw line, and then it was boom. Five-minute stretch, and it was all UConn. No Duke, and then and folks said, "Well, uh, what's, what's the kid that uh, the guard um, for Duke?" Chelsea Gray. Right. Well, she struggled. She, she, she got outplayed. She got just Kelly Ferris, and that's what was in her shirt. They just more. bumped her around and just moved her, kept off the ball, kept her away from it. And when she got her hands on it, they just set her up and crowded her when she got down to the bank. You gotta have help. She didn't get any help. No and and when the last three minutes of that game was sad to watch because there was no one that coach could look down at the bench and says, Give me something. You had to go with what fire that was on the floor. 
let's shift gears. We shouldn't be watching games like that this time of the season outside the conference. You should be stepping up. True. Like I said, let's, let's say let's shift gears and talk about some futility on the men side. Really? Northern Illinois nah. scored four points in the first half yesterday. And the reason, Michigan. reason I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got to that point, because this, this person that we know here in town that's, that's graduated that school. Yes. Right. When I do see him, when, when I do see him, yes. when I do see him, he's going to owe me. He played football at Northern Illinois. So Back in the day. He, he may not claim basketball, but it's still his school. That's true. But it was 18-4 to 4 at halftime. 18 to 4. Northern Illinois scored four points in the first half and lost. The final score is just bad. The final score is 42 to 25. 42 to 25. That's a men's score. That's not a women's score. 42 to 25. Eastern Michigan with the with the victory. Let's, let me just read some of these stats. Northern Illinois, the Huskies shot 3.2 percent from the field. 3.2 percent. They made one of the 31 field goals. <laughs> they, missed, they missed 29 straight field goals at one point in that first half. They finished the game 8 for 61 from the field for 13.1 percent. An NCAA record for futility. So yes, colleague James, Mr. Baseball Montgomery, you will be contacted by the Wildcat and myself just to make sure you know about your basketball team's futility. It's a new coach. Players basically just starting over from the ground up, which you can see clearly. But my goodness, four points in the, in the first half. And the reason I have a problem with that is Boy. because of where that school, where that program is located. And they're two and four in the MAC, so it's not like... And they have four wins overall. They have two in the MAC. MAC is not a, a crappy conference. So, not by no means. So I mean, and that, that's MAC. We, we mean the Mid American Conference, not the Metro Atlantic Athletic right. Conference. Um, four points in the first half. That must have been a, just an incredible game to cover. A, a TV radio person. Boy, mm, do you believe this? And Mr. Nugland, you made Mr. Nugland, and Mr. Nugland. All right, well... Oh, I, uh, speaking of local mid-major programs, Stephen F. Austin, they have found themselves in a unique situation where they haven't been in a while as being in front of Sam Houston. Uh, they are 16-1, ranked number 10, mid-major top 25 on the men's program, and it's been a while. It's been a while for them. Stephen F. Austin is 16-1, really? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're even getting first place votes. Yes, sir. And and, uh, USA Coaches Poll. So good for them. Well, what I've been told is um, they've gotten some athletic bigs, which is what they haven't had. And now that team has started to grow. They've always had good guard play. Now they've got uh, good players inside. You can go far with post player, with a real post player. True. And as you, as you would know it at, at, at Cougar Land. Very true. You still need good guards, too. Uh, let's see, men's basketball, Duke got bazookaed on Wednesday by Miami. Oh, that was a lot of work today. And then, to start this, 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 but in the process, though, Miami went and just went dookie with him, slapped the flow, looked yeah. at him in the face, 
and said, "Come bring it." Yeah, yeah, Duke, yeah Duke. <laughs> And it was it was a look across everybody's face, like, "Uh oh." Yep. Yeah, Duke. Duke. Michigan will probably be the, the, uh, the number one. I don't think anybody really wants it right now. What's wrong with, with Louisville? I That's a good question. He lost three straight games. I saw the last part of that game yesterday. Uh, day, and it, it was it, it was not good. They're struggling. They're struggling offensively. Oh, so you the game they yesterday. Is, they can finish. Is he's he's not aggressive enough. He's not looking to score enough. Um, Syracuse lost yesterday. Wildcat, and we're gonna wrap it up with the uh, KTN Fifth of Wildcat podcast. With this, year. we talk about all kinds of things in this podcast. But I want to ask you this: in their loss to Villanova, they were up three in the waning seconds of the game. You coach basketball, okay? I'm on the stretch. Would you, if you're up three, would you choose a foul and send them to the free throw line, or allow them to uh, attempt a game time three? Let's say you got 15 seconds left. You said 15? 15 or less left. I think yesterday they had, Fennel got the ball 20 less, and they missed the first three-point shot, got the rebound, and then tied the game up, sent their game in overtime, lost. See, I just grabbed it. Whatever hair I had in my head, I just grabbed it all out at that point. Um, the one, two things you got to look at. One is... Uh, What's your foul situations? And who's in foul trouble? And what do you got on the floor? Do you have to make a change as far as defend, uh, defend and shoot or just kill the clock and keep it killed when the ball gets inbounded? And in the second scenario, that's pretty much what you want, is make a change. Don't call a timeout. Foul if you have to, but don't allow their shooter to get his hands on the ball. If you got to, so you got to follow a, a, a big, you follow a big. Even if you do it off the ball. Coach Bayham was asked after, after game why he didn't foul. He said um, they, were, they were small, had a small lineup on the floor. I think he was afraid to rebound and match up, things like that. Well, 15 seconds, though. That's a lot of time. Uh, that, and, that's, and that's what I looked yeah. at. Because if it's less than uh, 10, you, don't, you, don't, you, you, just, you just free flow. I'm, I'm, I'm a, of a different mindset. I mean, 15 seconds left, I wouldn't foul. We're getting down 10 to 5 out of foul because the chances of the opponent making the first free throw, missing the second free throw, and getting the rebound and scoring all in that short amount of time, I think those odds are much greater than just shooting a game time three. But Syracuse lost 75 71 to Villanova. Villanova picked up. The, has picked up two uh, back-to-back top 25 wins. I want to say top five, top 25, because they beat, uh, yeah, they beat Louisville and Syracuse, top three, number three and number five in the last two games. Reading it on Twitter yesterday, it's the first time Villanova had beaten the two top five teams, maybe ever, uh, at least 50, 60 years. We're going to wrap it up here at KG and the Fizzle Walker Podcast. Walker, how can folks find you, sir, and get in touch with you? You can find me at uh, AKSVDCSR, blogspot.com. That's my blog. Uh, on uh, my YouTube channel uh, is um, the same thing. Uh, you can find it at uh, AKSVDCSR. The blog, you can also, at the other acronym is the uh, College Sports Report. Uh, on Twitter, it is definitely AKSVDCSR. Um, my last comment for the day happens to be toward Euro High School, Waltrip High. Uh, the band.
to uh, President Obama's second inauguration and to be an HISD graduate. I know we're getting back to high school, but it is what it is. I was proud. That's a proud moment, yeah. I, I got a Facebook uh, message from a classmate saying we were going to have a fundraiser at school to raise money and for the band and at that time band needed $35 raised and it was like a day or two before band had to leave for a trip so I know we were going to raise $35 at this fundraiser but I was glad to see that someone a generous benefactor wrote, wrote the check for the difference and the band went to D.C. so shout out to the Walter Rams I'm always a Ram always proud of HISD no doubt about that um, I'm KG you can reach me at HoustonRoundBarview.com on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. Check out the Houston Round Barview Facebook fan page. Uh, both Walker and myself are also on YouTube. My channel is Houston Roundball. I believe we'll get back to having the uh, podcast on iTunes. I won't make any promises when we're going to do another podcast because both of us are busy and, and schedules are really meshing yet but we'll see how things go but I think I can't say for you put you on the spot right now when we get to New Orleans hey at the Final Four we do a podcast yes so on a daily basis only because we've never done that before exactly while we're there while we're in in amongst the the others so that's going to be a challenge that we need to meet and get that done so thank you very much for listening and if I remember how to conclude the podcast in conclusion be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>